for good. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Back, Miller and Condon, hour number two. It's 1460KX and 0106.3 FM. Uh, for you Vikings fans and the listening audience, sounds like it's going to happen, right, Trent? Paul L. Yeah, he's going to be part of our show. Now, again, it's not going to be a perfect world. We'll have to tape him the mm-hmm. day before, but uh, we'll try it, see if how it works, and uh, see if we can keep it as evergreen as possible. And one of my favorite guys to listen, call a game on the radio. I think most everybody knows I'm not a Viking fan. Yeah. Grew up surrounded by him, listened to a lot of PA. He calls the game well. He's fun. He's engaging. He's entertaining. I'm excited to talk to PA. Well, Cynic can just reach out to me again during the break. Said, "Look, a PA really wants to come on your show, which awesome. is great." Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we will uh, for you Vikings fans out there. Let's uh, talk to college football fans. He's Pete Futek, CollegeFootballNews.com. Pete, I don't know how you uh, find as many hours in the day as you <laughs> apparently do. Man, your previews—you've got one after another up at CollegeFootballNews.com. Although it is a passion, I get that. Uh, it's it's good to see, and they're good to read. How are you, Pete Futek? I'm doing just fine. I, what else is there to do? Right? Really? I mean, it's like what? What am I supposed to talk to my family or something? That's boring. <laughs> they, they want nothing to do with me. No, I get. I golfed yesterday. I do. I get out and about occasionally. I see the light of day once in a while. But look, you know, and here's the thing. This time of year, it is on lockdown. Actually, the the this is the craziest part because it settles in in about three weeks. But these first three weeks, when you have all the FBS versus FCS games, you have 90 games in a weekend, that's a little rough. Next weekend's going to be the real killer, but boo-hoo, it's still fun. Speaking of one of those FCS versus FBS games, one of them happening in our state two years ago, you and I had the Cyclones on the brink, but that was not a preseason top 10 Iowa State team. Any chance at all, I know in every one of your previews why each team will win, do you give you and I even a chance to keep this thing tight going into the fourth quarter? Well, it's like saying last year, you know, would you have said that Louisiana would have come in and rocked Iowa State by double digits? I don't think so. I, I Obviously, this is way uh, too good of an Iowa State team to blow this unless they just flat gag. Uh, but you know this better than I do. I mean, that's one of those. I, I, I'm never a believer that, oh, it's a rivalry game. Now it really matters. But you and I always sort of once in a while short shows up and mm-hmm. comes up with something funky. It was a disappointing Panther team in the spring session where they just never kind of got it going from the start. Uh, but there is enough there where they can certainly hang around for a little while. Uh, but look, if, here's the deal now. If you, Iowa State's in the high rent district. Yep. Uh, there, there's no, this, there's no like moral victory here. If you're Iowa State, you say, screw it, we're playing an FCS team. You know, win that thing 45-3 to three if you're really that good. Uh, the other game in our state that's going to be a massive, uh, and there's so many good Big Ten games to kick off this. There's a couple of Big 12 games. Don't get me wrong, but, I mean, Wisconsin-Penn State doesn't get much better than that, even to the north of us, Ohio State. I think Minnesota catches them at the right time, week number one. But Indiana and Michael Penix and the Hawks and Spencer Petras, 2.30 Saturday afternoon. Uh, I think this is as... as I mean, I honestly can can make a case for both of these teams to win this one. I know in your confidence against the spread, you're kind of right down the middle in this thing. Uh, how do you see Iowa-Indiana? 
I don't believe in Indiana yet. Look, how do you know last year the Big Ten was weird and down and playing in a global pandemic? Well, the second and third best teams in the conference were Indiana and Northwestern. So, mm-hmm. look, it's it's a very, very good Indiana team. It's just it, – but if Iowa plays how it's supposed to and, excuse me, if the, if the Lions are doing what they're supposed to do, if Peters can – just get the downfield passing game going already. Um, I do think Iowa has this. Uh, India is very good. Again, uh, I'm always a little leery of guys who come back from a knee injury that fast, but we'll see uh, just how good Packers can be right out of the gate. Well, speaking of Iowa and Iowa State, there's been a whole lot of schadenfreude here in our state this week as we look to our neighbors to the west. This is one thing Hawkeye and Cyclone <laughs> fans can agree about. We hate Nebraska. The loss by Frost last night. His coach's show looked like he oh was crying. God. It was and lack of preparation. The one thing we said you can't afford is a loss to Illinois. They lose to Illinois. Your takeaway from Saturday? The problem with Nebraska right now is you can't keep making those catastrophic mistakes mm-hmm. if you don't have the talent. And I, I, it's kind of my theme, and it's throughout the Big Ten this week. I don't know. If why and how any team would want to schedule a game that matters in week zero. You, you need that game against Central Cupcake State just to kind of get all the kinks worked out and get all the operation moving. And Nebraska certainly looked like the type of team that desperately needed uh, a week or two just to kind of get going. The, the fatal flaw continues to be, and it started you know right out of the gate with the Frost era. That program couldn't find a penalty it didn't want to commit. Uh, especially at like the wrongest times, and wrongest times, nice word. Uh, and then last week, they, you know, you have the scoop and score fumble at the end of the first half. You have the punt, punt return. return from the one inch line, and you just you just can't do that if you don't have the high end talent. And that's kind of thing. Week zero, week one, you're going to see really talented teams all over the place screw up because you don't have a preseason. That's how this works. But if you got the guys. That shouldn't have mattered, and obviously Nebraska and Frost just does not have those pieces in place yet. Does Bielema, because you know what, that's as big a takeaway as I had. Uh, yes, as bad as Nebraska was, Trent and I did this yesterday, and look, I don't think either one of them are going to are die on this hill that uh, the Fighting Illini are going to be 6-0 and when they play Wisconsin week two in Octo- of October, but you can make the case, the way the schedule sits out, mm-hmm. Bielema could be eligible for a bowl game on the 9th of October, for crying out loud. Oh, that'd be fun, though. Uh, look, here's going to be one of the themes, and I think I, we've talked about this before. It was certainly one of my talking points throughout the offseason. Who's got the the old guys? Illinois has Illinois the most does. seniors of, every, of any Power 5 program. I think they have something like 22 guys. They're not all stars. They're not all the main men, but they are certainly you know guys who you can fit into a rotation. And don't di- overlook what the difference is, even if you have like the really super talented 18, 19, 20-year-old guys, if you've got 22 grown-ass men out there who are 24 and don't want to go get jobs yet, they're going to be really fired up to play, you know, because they know this is their last go-round. And you kind of saw that a little bit on Saturday where Illinois just kind of kept rotating in these really old dudes, and they kind of kept coming through. So that's why teams like Texas Tech and Ole Miss, uh, they're not going to win their conferences or anything, but on the right day, they're just going to be tough outs because they're going up against mature. They're going to bring mature men, you know, in a game full of college kids. 
Speaking of mature men, that's what Minnesota has up front with that big offensive line. Ibrahim's as good of a running back as you're going to find. And Tanner Morgan will go for fans are hoping for 2019 Tanner Morgan, not 2020. Gophers keep it close against the Buckeyes. That's a great one. And also thoughts on Penn State, Wisconsin. And pro- yeah, I, I still believe that talent does eventually win out. I, I'll, the problem with the Gophers is even that 2019 team, and that that goes back to my you know why you schedule the paycheck games early. If you remember that Gopher team, they needed everything in the bag to get by. I believe it was South Dakota State. I it could was. Be wrong it was. Yep, yep. You're right. Uh, uh, and I think it was Georgia Southern and Fresno State. I could have one of those wrong. But they struggled to get by every one of their relatively easy non-conference games, but they were able to pull those out and then obviously took that into a great season. Ohio State right out of the gate, that's a tough ask. I know if you're going to play a team, especially one that's kind of starting over a little bit, that's the time to do it. Uh, But there's still too much talent. I just think that that passing game for Ohio State is going to be too good. Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com, is uh, with Miller and Condon on 1460 Kicks and Owen 106.3 FM. A couple more minutes, Pete, uh, picking your brain if you'll allow us. Uh, LSU and UCLA's. First of all, what did you take away from UCLA uh, in, in week number one as they just uh, clobbered Hawaii in front of fa- family and friends at the Rose Bowl? But here comes LSU and Ogeron and the Tigers. Uh, it's a pretty good football game. Did you learn anything about UCLA to, let, to, to give you an inkling that they're they're going to give the Tigers all they want? Yeah, to totally belabor this point. That's why you schedule Hawaii. Why it's certainly not a cupcake. They're a good team that's probably going to go to a bowl game. That's why you schedule Hawaii in Week 0 and not LSU. Because you can have a really bad day from Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who is a great quarterback, who just the timing wasn't there. And that's why you have that Week 0 game where you, you figure out, okay, we, we don't have everything sharpened up yet. But the takeaway is that they had a bad game from their star quarterback, and they still rolled for 31 first-half points. They still rolled in an easy win. And I know they played a bunch of really awesome teams. I think all the teams that they're non-conference so far in the Chip Kelly era games were against teams that finished with 10 wins or more. That was the first non-conference win in UCLA under Chip Kelly. They've got a defense. They've got experience. They've got the guys. They've got those super seniors. I still think that it's Christmas time for those investor types who uh, now get an even better line when it comes to LSU. Uh, but certainly, at least UCLA looked for a moment. They looked the part that if you're a fan of UCLA, you could see, okay, it's taken a while to get here, but now you can at least see where this might be going, as opposed to like Nebraska, where you're like, oh, wow. The biggest national game of the weekend. It'll happen at mm. 6.30 Central Time. Georgia, Clemson. Georgia, in a way, though they played for a national championship and were a player two away from winning a national title, kind of where Clemson was, what, six, seven years ago before they broke through. Bulldogs and the Tigers, your thoughts on this one? I'm feeling like I'm missing something obvious here. Like, I, I'm hoping that it, it should be like a 26-24 game that comes down to a final field goal, uh, that these two defenses are going to be awesome, the two NFL quarterbacks are going to show up. There's just that part of me that thinks that, you know, next week at this time, we're like, oh, we should have seen it that this team has that defense or something is, you know, going to kind of kick in. I'm picking Georgia very, very sheepishly. I just think that defense is going to do a little bit more. I don't think uh, Clemson's going to be able to run the ball a lick. 
but I certainly don't see any sort of a shootout. I think the, the Clemson defense that got Boston last year, that they were always banged up. They never had everything in place, and, and now they're just loaded with talent. So uh, I do think it's going to be a little bit ragged at times just because those defenses are going to be great, but I, I'm very, very flippant picking Georgia in this. Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com, collegefootballnews.com, preview on, well, everything. Uh, you can find it right there. Pete, thanks for doing this for us. Look forward to doing it again. Thank you. Anytime, guys. Good to talk to you. Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. Boy, he really does a, <laughs> that's a pretty good website. It's not like the, he's got dozens of writers over there. No, it's out. Pete Futek. <laughs> he puts it together, puts it out Jesus. in 90 games this week, uh, including oh FBS, FCS games. A lot going on. Who do you like in that Penn State-Wisconsin game? It's in, um, it's in Madison. I don't, this is awful radio. I don't have an opinion. I'm kind of the same way. I, I certainly don't have a strong opinion no. one way or the other. And I want to see Mertz take a step. Mm-hmm. I think their uh, Wisconsin linebackers are better. They need to run the football better, for sure. And I don't know I, if there's a running back there that is that dynamic guy mm-hmm. that you're used to. Look, it's it's going to be important to watch that because I will see Penn State relatively quickly, yep. and of course, Wisconsin likewise. I don't have an opinion. I think Penn State's going to be better. I don't think the what's the number four and a half. Wisconsin four and a half. Yeah. So if you had to bet a hundred dollars, you have to. It's Penn State. You would take the points. I'd grab the points. Yeah. yeah. I probably would too, but I I want to watch Graham Mertz. Yeah. Take a big step because forward. look at what I mean. Again, we saw him. What was it? The Illinois game? Yes. It was a Friday night. Wasn't it a Friday night? It, I was. Think it was a Friday night. It was a Friday he night. He looks, oh my gosh. He's like 21 to 22 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But he's I the, thought the same when I watched Milton with Michigan. You did. He's, now, came in he's the starting quarterback in Tennessee. Tennessee. I tried to tell you. You did tell me. That gopher defense was brutal. I know. I remember saying that to Condon, I'm telling you. Heisman. Harbaugh's got a court. I didn't say that. You might have. <laughs> Check the tape. <laughs> I said Harbaugh's got a quarterback. I didn't go that far, did I? You might have. Uh, 11.20. We will uh, talk to the voice of the UNI Panthers, Gary Rima, coming up. Look forward to talking uh, with Rima. How many fans are they bringing to Jack Trice? They get what? Is it 8,000 or 10,000 seats for the fans? Oh, no, it's not that it's many. Not it's not that many? I, I know in the Why Big did Ten. I think it was? It was 4,000. Was oh, that all it is? Yeah. But there's always a big crew. There's yeah. For that game, there is always... One year I made the double dip. I hit the Iowa game. They played an 11 o'clock opener against some Mac school. And then it was you and I, Iowa State at night. So then afterwards, made the way up to Ames. That was a fun day. Yeah. Hitting both stadiums up for that. Obviously not going to be able to pull that one off this year. Just one hour difference mm. between the kickoff times. But you and I always has a good group there. You look at attendance. Jack Trisense has been reconfigured. Six of the eight highest attended games, sellouts. Are Panther games. Either Iowa or you and I yeah. were the teams in the building. No, they bring their fans. It's it's a big, it's big for our state, is it not? Here's hoping that certainly the latter continues for a long, long time. Not betting on that being the case, no. unfortunately. We will talk to Gary Ryman, the voice of you and I, at the bottom of the hour or thereabouts. Probably we'll do it when we come back. As we take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. Football is right around the corner, and you can get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving... 
New customers, $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Listen up, you existing customers, because you won't want to miss this. You want to head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Place a bet of a dollar or more for those new customers on any week one game. Receive $200 in free bets instantly. But you current customers... We got something here for you. All customers can participate in DraftKings Week 1 No-Brainer. For opening night, a week from Thursday, all customers can double their money as long as Tampa Bay doesn't lose by 74 points. Buccaneers plus 73. Did, did you do that yet? I did. How much did they let you bet? $50 that's was my bad. max. That's for free 50 bucks. Yeah, I think minus 110, so it was all like right. yeah. 45 extra dollars in the account after this one. Fingers crossed comes to fruition. No, that's a pretty good perk. Good for them. Uh, uh, DraftKings. Uh, you can download their uh, sportsbook app now. Use the promo code KXNO when you receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code KXNO to get your free $200 in free bets and do it instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner in the NFL must be 21 or older. Iowa only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one rpcom Courage League Sports and Opportunity on Deck have joined forces to increase the positive impacts on youth through the growth and evolution of adaptive and no-cost recreation programs. The organizations are now Can Play. Can Play supplements the cost of recreation programs and adapts the play to the skill level for each child. Can Play Sports Game for Good is coming up on Sunday, September 19th at Principal Park. To play, coach, donate, or volunteer, go to canplaysports.org slash game to have Rush on your side. You can see it. Picture it. The building you've always wanted. An expansion of your existing business. A new retail center where your growth really begins to take off. You've got the vision, but now what? Now you connect with Graphite Construction Group. Formerly Roshan Corporation of Iowa, Graphite Construction Group is the partner you want to match your vision. From the moment you first connect to long after the build is complete, nobody does it better than Graphite Construction Group. See why at GraphiteGR. If you plan to buy a franchise business or you're thinking of starting a new franchise, there's a lawyer right here in central Iowa that can help you through the process. Rush Niggett, a brick gentry law PC, has set up an affordable service to help individuals considering buying or starting a franchise business. Learn more online at rushonbusiness.com. Let Rush Niggett help you buy or start your franchise. Rush Niggett, the franchise lawyer with brick gentry law PC. It's good. Just before 11.30 on a Tuesday, we take you up until noon. Trent's plays of the day before we get out of here. I had about five minutes before noon right now. He's the voice of the UNI Panthers. He will be making his final trek to Jack Trice Stadium. Be a lot of those last visits to arenas and stadiums this year. For the soon-to-be-retired, the voice of the UNI Panthers, Gary Rima. First of all, Gary, congratulations on your announcement. Uh, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, boys, and, and great to be on with you. And I'm still in sunny Florida today. I'll be back in, in the great state of Iowa on Friday. 
looking forward to this football game and, and really looking forward to this football season. It just, everything feels, I know we're still in this pandemic, but it, it just feels like there's a little bit of normalcy. There's going to be 60,000 fans there on Saturday and, and, uh, you know, we're playing football in the fall again, right. like we're supposed to be. So yeah, I'm just, I'm doing great, feel great. Um, and just, just looking forward to the start of this season, but man, I mean, is this, is this a heck of a opening opponent for the Panthers on Saturday or what, guys? Wow, this is a really good Iowa State team. Yeah, absolutely. Gary, more on that in a second. I want to talk about you for a few minutes, <laughs> if you'd allow us to. So you're, you're, uh, this is going to be it at the end of the basketball season. You are uh, going to uh, retire from your gig, and you've had it for a long time, and you've meant a lot to that institution, the sports fans that follow the Panthers. Gary, if, if, if 2020 would have been normal, would you have been gone at that point? Did you want to stay an extra year just because you didn't want to go out during that pandemic as so many people um, you know, that are at that spot in their lives decided to do, to do one more extra year just because 2020 was so brutal? You know what? I, th- that's a great question because um, if, if, if we would have had a normal football season in 2020 and, and the college basketball season – um, you know, wouldn't have ended the way it did with that COVID cancellation game at the conference tournament, not playing Drake. If that would have played out normal, it, it, it may have been the end, or I may have done, I may have done it for one year traveling in and out of Florida. We were definitely making the move to the villages in Florida this, this summer. My wife had retired from teaching and, and we, that, that was the plan all along that when she was fully retired, we would we would make the move here. Would I have traveled in and out of Florida for a season for one more year? I, I I don't know. I may have still done this, Ken. So I can't say that last year would have totally been the end of it if if it would have been more of a normal season. But with with how football ended, you know, we we didn't get to play our last football game last right. spring because of COVID issues with our opponent, and and you know the basketball thing was frustrating. Um, I. I you know, I, I don't know. I may have, I may have done this for one more season anyway. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how this season goes. How everything plays out. But um, you know, it's 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 looking like I'll, I'll do this year. And and you know, with with Learfield, you only get a one year contract. They don't do multi year deals right now. So um, I'm signed up for this year. I'll do the season. I'm looking forward to it. And then and then we'll we'll kind of see what happens. Incredible career, Gary, that you put together with you and I and being the play-by-play broadcaster. So many great games, but is there one that hmm. jumps to your mind? I, I think I know what direction I'd go, but what's the game when people bring up all the time, the one that jumps to your mind, the best Panther game you ever called? Ali Farouk-Manette, <laughs> so, yeah. you got to be kidding me. He hit the shot. I mean, guys, that... You know, that 2005 run by UNI football to the, the championship game when we lost to Appy State but led them for three quarters, I, I really thought, guys, at the time, wow, I don't know if anything can match this. I mean, it's so incredible, a, a, a national title game and that great run, that, 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 that season, I mean, that was incredible. And then 2007, UNI football goes undefeated led by an O-line quarterback by the name of Eric Sanders, ranked number one, seeded number one. That was pretty incredible. But what, what UNI basketball did in 2010, 
you know, a lot of people forget about Ali's shot, his three-point shot that really was more of a game winner to beat UNLV mm-hmm. just to get to Kansas because that that shot, that three that he hit in that game against UNLV in the first round, that that was the final bucket. That was the game winner. There was like seven-tenths of a second left, but the game basically was over. The Kansas game, he hit that three, but there was still more basketball to be played. But but that that went over Kansas. That's that's it. I mean, the, uh, uh, more people talk about that game and that win and that UNI team and that broadcast. I mean, they'll they'll say, hey, I I, I can tell you exactly where I was at listening to that game, Rhymer. Right? <laughs> so how about it, 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 it's uh, more more phone calls and more interviews about how mm-hmm. do you guys beat Kansas than any other broadcast or game or, or, or thing I'd covered for you and I. So that, that one, you know, hands down the, the biggest and, and probably will, unless something really crazy happens this year, it, it's probably going to be the most memorable broadcast for me uh, in my career. And conversely, and I promise you Cyclone fans that want to hear about you and I's uh, football team, we'll get to that in a second. But on the other side, Gary, from the from the highest of the highs to the lowest of the lows, was it the collapse against A&M? Oh, yes. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, I, I, sometimes I think I feel like my partner and I jinxed it because we were <laughs> we were talking with a minute to go during a timeout. We were pinching ourselves that, KB, we're going back to the Sweet 16. We're going to California. We're up 14 with, you know, less than a minute to go. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, it just – and, you know, Ken, the crazy thing is, even after the collapse in regulation and the first overtime, the Panthers had, I think, about a five-point lead in that first overtime. We thought, okay, we're still going to do this. And then A&M came back again and tied it and, and won it in double overtime. That was a crusher. That, that was a, a, a real heartbreaker. And, you know, and then when you hear that's the biggest collapse by a college team in the history of college Yeesh. basketball, nobody's had a 13-point lead with 32 seconds left and, and lost. I mean, it, yeah, that, that one hurt because it, it is so hard, and you guys know this, but it is so hard for that mid-major type basketball program to get to the sweet 16 i mean it's just it's hard to do it it's hard to get to the dance let alone get to the sweet 16 so yeah that one that one that one hurts you know there, there's a football game we were going back to the national championship game um uh, uh, after we went in 2005 we had richmond beat in the unidome and we're going to the, the 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 finals again, and they scored a touchdown in the closing minute, and broke our hearts. And Richmond went on to the national championship game that year. So I mean, there, there's there's been more than just that Texas A&M basketball loss that you're just you're crushed. But uh, but that one, yeah, that really that sticks out big time. Gary, to the here and now. Let's take a look at this U and I football team as they make their way to Jack Trice, a defense that was excellent during the spring and offense that had COVID restrictions, quarterbacks in and out of the lineup, offensively not very good this spring. Uh, kind of catch us up on you and I. Chance, at least on paper, really good defense. A lot of question marks, though, offensively. Yeah, you know, interesting. They returned basically everybody in the starting lineup on both sides of the football because of the whole COVID situation and guys not having to count last year as a as one of their 
four years of eligibility as far as playing. Um, it, we got everybody back and, and, and added some guys. I mean, some guys that maybe didn't play or got injured in the spring that are back. So as far as that part of it goes, it's as good a situation as you and I football has ever been in going into to start a fall season with that many returning guys back. Some interesting situation at quarterback with Theo Day coming in, the transfer out of Michigan State. And if you look at the two deep, it says Will McElvain, the the previous two-year starter, or Theo Day will start at quarterback. Well, guys, I I think it's going to be Will McElvain. Will's going to be the guy that will take the opening snaps against Iowa State. But now you've got a guy in Theo Day that's backing up Will. Um, you know, Fomby is still there and Martins, but they list Matt Morrissey as the third guy at quarterback. The, uh, you know, the kid out of Elmhurst, Illinois, that's a, a redshirt freshman. So yeah, I, I think the depth at quarterback is tremendous. And I think there's some pressure now. Will McElvain has got to play better. And I, I said it last year when the spring started, I, I said going into that spring season, Will has to complete more passes, 51% completion percentage just isn't going to cut it with what this team wants to do offensively. I think Will will be better. Now it's going to be really tough on Saturday, but but look for Will, I think, to have a, a better year, especially when we get into FCS play. He's got all the weapons he needs offensively, guys. Uh, Quan Hampton turned out to be, a, I thought, an exceptional wide receiver, the transfer from Kansas. Deion McShane is really good as that slot receiver. you got to love Isaiah Weston. He's healthy now. He, he, he had a thousand plus yards receiving in 2019. He has to return to that form. And Logan Wolf, Logan Wolf by the end of the year, guys, the kid from Cedar Falls might turn out to be our best wideout. He could have the best numbers before it's all said and done. Jaden Scott's healthy at tight end, tremendous tight end. And you got Fortenberry back, the transfer from Western Kentucky. I think the running game will be better. It's all going to depend on that offensive line. How do the Penning boys on the left side of the line hold up? Sorensen is back at center. you got Frazier and Vanderslice on the right side. That's a veteran and huge offensive line. I mean, they go 6'7", 6'6", 6'6", 6'5", 6'8", all 300 pounds plus. That's NFL-type numbers. Yep. Now can they get the job done, guys? So I think offensively we have the chance to be really good. Love the defense. We'll be good on defense. But but I think you're right, TC. Can the offense come together and produce the way you need them to to, to be successful? Once you do get the conference play, Gary, uh, is it kind of the same old, same old, that the, all roads lead to Fargo and North Dakota State, the Bison again? Or have the you know some other schools started to c- catch up on them? Can the Panthers challenge the Bison? Or who would be the team to knock off? Well, what you and I is going to challenge, and, and I, they're picked to finish fifth, guys. If this you and I team is the fifth best team in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, I'm telling you what, the league is is totally loaded. Then I, I don't th- I don't think it's it's North Dakota State and everybody else anymore. South Dakota State is going to be really good. Southern Illinois is back. Watch out for the Salukis. Uh, you know, keep your eye on that group down in Missouri State. Was that a fluke deal last year, or are they for real? But but I'm telling you, this Panther football team is going to be in the hunt for the Missouri Valley Football Conference title. We're just we're too good defensively not to be, 
And if the offense comes around like I think they can, if, you know, we can't lose guys. We can't have a bunch of guys get beat up and banged up in week one against this high-powered Iowa State team. But if we can stay healthy, I, I really think this team has a chance to be special this year. Guys, I, I'll be honest with you. It's one reason I really wanted to come back and, and do you and I football one more year. It, I, I just think there's something about this group with the talent that they have assembled. This group was really disappointed in a three and four finish in their seven spring games and no playoff appearance. There's there's a little chip on this team's shoulder that uh, that the league better be aware of because again, when we get to FCS play, and I don't care if it's going out to Sacramento State <laughs> in two weeks or if it's hosting St. Thomas, the new FCS team, the former D3 power, and our only other non-conference game. I think when it comes to FCS competition, this this team is they got they got they have some big time goals and we have the depth and the talent to get it done. Year number 21 for Mark Farley. Jesus, that's crazy. Absolutely yeah. wild. The walk-on from walk-on. He has built a great program there, taking over the lines that they have done. Bryce Pop, he's a defensive line coach. Jeremiah Johnson, he's been with them for a long time. What about the offensive staff? I remember last year, right before the spring season began, their coordinator went off to the NFL to work with the Packers, I believe it was. Uh, fill us in what the yeah. offense, maybe how different it's going to look compared to that compacted spring schedule. Well, Sean Watson, the, the former head coach from Southern Illinois, who then had some, some assistant jobs and travels in Division I football before he came to UNI, he, he took over uh, the offensive coordinator duties uh, when Ryan Mahaffey left to become the tight end coach for the Green Bay Packers two weeks before the start of the spring season. Uh, first game, not two weeks before the spring season yeah. started, but two weeks before the first game was played. So, it, it, you know, it, it left things kind of tough, I thought, offensively. But the offense is now much more settled. Coach Watson is a, is a great offensive mind. And I, I just think there's, there's going to be some consistency and some – they're just going to be a lot more comfortable, guys, on the offensive side of the football now. After getting those seven games in in the spring – and now headed right into this fall season, um, everybody's on the same page. You got everybody back on the offensive side. Um, you know, you got Ryan Clanton back working with the offensive line. And, you know, the other thing is uh, we got big Brandon uh, Williams, who was an offensive lineman at UNI that played in the NFL. He's also working with the offensive line and, and helping there. I, I, just th- I just think things are a lot more stable on that side of the football. And, guys, I didn't want to make any excuses during the season last year, during that spring season. But when Ryan did leave when he did, it, it left the offense in a tough spot. It, it just did. I mean, the guy that was going to call the offensive plays for the second year in a row and was directing the offense, and now he's gone, guys, that, that would affect any team. And, and, and I thought it affected our offense. So look for the offense to be much better right out of the gate this year, even though got your hands full against number seven ranked team in FBS football in Iowa State. And guys, you saw this. One of the college football experts is predicting Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and Iowa State to be in his final four for the FBS playoffs. That's how good of an opponent you and I faces this weekend. So, you know, the, the offense, the defense, they may not shine in week one, 
but there's a lot of talent there. And when we're up against FCS level teams, I think we I think we got a, a shot to have a tremendous year. Uh, Gary, I've got like 45 seconds left. A friend of mine just sent me a text to remind me that your brother played a huge role in the Field of Dreams game. I guess he's a one of the ghost players. Uh, have you spoken with him? How many ta- how many pictures did your brother take with fans uh, at the Field of Dreams a few weeks back? A ton, and I think the one he's most proud of is the one that he took with Kevin Costner, the, nice. the star of the movie Field of Dreams. But yeah, brother Denny, he's kind of the clown prince of the the uh, ghost players. When they when they put on their Sunday show at the Field of Dreams, he's the mic'd up pitcher. He's the one talking and doing all the fun stuff, and he's had a great time doing that. He's he's really good. They you know there was years they traveled overseas to. To, to different military places like in Japan and put on the field of dirt. They call it the greatest show on dirt, a lot like what the Globetrotters do on the basketball diamond or basketball field they do on the, the baseball diamond. So, yeah, Denny, my brother Denny Rhyme was a big part of that, and, and he's really enjoyed doing it. He actually got my brother uh, David involved in a couple of their games to put that Sox uniform on and be one of the ghost players. So I, and that, that was a trem- I watched it from Florida every inning. Beautiful job. Grew up 30 miles from Dyersville in Strawberry Point and been to the Field of Dreams a number of times. That Major League Baseball hit a grand slam with that event, and I'm excited they're going to keep it going. We're excited to have uh, an opportunity to talk with you for another season of uh, football, basketball-wise. Jacobson's team is going to be a major, major pain in the you-know-what in that conference, so we will be uh, back in touch. Gary Rymick, congratulations on your news. Glad you're coming back for one more year, and we'll talk down the road. Thanks, Gary. Hey, love being on with you guys. Thanks a lot. Looking forward to getting back to Iowa on Friday. Good stuff, Gary. Thank you. Gary Rima, the voice of the UNI Panthers. Good stuff out of Gary. Good for him. Gonna commu- well, he's not going to commute. He's going to be here. Mm-hmm. But then, um, I don't know, it sounded like he's leaving the door open a crack. Yeah. It sounded like we were pushing him out. Exactly. Kind Slow of down there, there, Miller. Jesus. I like when these little guys stick around. Kabooming and kabanging. kabanging. He is one one of a kind. kind. He's one of a kind. Uh, We'll come back, finish up the program. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 10. Because shed happens. Trent Condon here to tell you about Rent Estate, the new revenue rocket ship. Putting your home up for rent, not for sale. But why would you do that in a seller's market? Just do the math. Selling a home will catch you some cash once, while renting a home keeps that cash coming month after month after month. And because there are always renters, but not always buyers, Rent Estate is foolproof, recession proof, and retirement plan positive. What's not to love? The hassles of being a landlord? For one monthly flat rate, Renters Warehouse will take away the tedious tasks. Tend to your tenants, answer the 3 a.m. calls, market your property and collect the rent. Make the savvy, long game, paradigm shift and choose Rent Estate with Renner's Warehouse. Get your free rental price analysis today. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com or call 515-528-4429. 515-528-4429. Because you can't buy happy things come together. Back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. 
Ashes. All right, Miller and Condren, final couple of minutes here on a Tuesday. Tomorrow, David Kaplan will be here. Kenny White gave our audience a, uh, a, a no doubt about it, no sweat mm-hmm. uh, wager last week. He'll join us tomorrow. We'll do Ben Visser from Cedar Rapids Gazette, who's at the Campbell Press Conference. Likewise, John Bowenkamp, who's at the Ferentz Press Conference. Oh, it's football, glorious football season. This job gets easy for the next four months, doesn't it? We're just talking football. It's just a little baseball. I said to my wife the other day, I was about to go on autopilot. (laughs) You know what she said to me? Uh Uh-huh. If you sing Who Made the Sauce, I Made the Sauce One More Time, I'm Leaving You. (laughs) I can't get that out of my head. I heard that commercial again Who Made the Sauce? I Made the Sauce. And I can just think of you. I think of the whole. T- if you say that again, I'm leaving you. That's probably the last straw. She's been yes, very patient with you throughout yeah, the years. I'll say that's the one that's going to be. It's over. Yeah, it's kind of how she put it too. I think she was kidding, anyways. Um, what do you have as far as on your sports wagering docket today? This is getting to the point where you look at some of these. We talked about it yesterday with the Blue Jays. Today again, they're mm-hmm. minus three ten. Jeez. Uh, the White Who's Sox. Pitching for the, it must be real. It's real, yeah. yeah. The White Sox against the Pirates. Giolito. They're minus three fifty. You know what, Trent? Those Pirates. Ask the Cardinals. They they can they can sneak up on you. But I can't jump aboard. No, I'm not like saying yesterday. you should. Yeah, it's just it's so hard. But I do have a dog tonight that I really like. All right, now I'm now you got my undivided attention. The Padres. We talked about the difficulty of their schedule uh-huh. at the beginning of the show. Yep. They're in Arizona. This is their last Oof. breather. Yeah. I'm going down. Really? It's Blake Snell. Remember his last yes, time out? He was terrific. He was. And he also threw 100 and. Uh, for him, a lot. 116, I think, was the number. 160. Okay. Or maybe 116th pitch is when he gave up the home run uh, that tied that game in an incredible one last week. So I'm going to fade a guy coming off the lo- <laughs> the most pitches. And Zach Gallon's pitching, who's been okay for yeah, Arizona. Did miss, yeah. Last couple of times out, he's been really good. So we'll go that direction. We'll grab the plus 150, the Diamondbacks, my underdog play of the evening. And. Cubs twins, you going to jump into that garbage tonight? I don't tonight? know. I'm probably going to. I, I got to watch something. Uh, I'll watch the Brewers and the Giants late, um, or as far as as long as I can. Cards Reds again start early. That's where I'll be early. Five forty. Yeah. Um, Sonny Gray is pitching. Who's going for the Cardinals? Michaelis. He is. Yes. Wow. All right, I'm in. You can get the cards at plus 145 also. I want to see them get to the ninth inning with a lead, and mm-hmm. then what's Schilt going to do? Right. Decision time. Absolutely. Comes. Indeed it will be. So I might, I'm going to play the Cardinals too. There's two dogs. There's two dogs. Cards and D-backs tonight. Going to put them together? Slow down. <laughs> All right. Um, Murph and Andy will be here in an hour and one, two, three, four minutes. Uh, the Fanatics are here at three. Uh, Cyclone Insider tonight, Randy Peterson, Travis Hines, more on Iowa State. That's coming up tonight at 6 o'clock. And at 7, KXNO's new fantasy program with three young guns. Love to see these youngsters get an opportunity. Make the best of it, boys. Miller and Condon back tomorrow. Thanks for being here. 14.